when you're in a retirement community and you're trying to keep yourself together. You could let yourself go very easily. That's my 95-year-old dad, Richard. I'm Margaret Pothig, and this podcast is Keeping Dad Alive. Trying to keep yourself together? I feel you, Dad, and I'm not even 60. Looking ahead, I can see that it's only going to get harder. 85% of American adults aged 65 and older have at least one chronic condition. We're talking diabetes, cardiovascular disease, COPD, asthma, cancer, arthritis, and that number doesn't even include dementia, which my mom had, or kidney disease, which my dad has. You hear a lot about teaching people how to self-manage their chronic diseases. For example, my dad takes medication and weighs himself every morning to manage and monitor the fluid buildup in his body. If his weight increases suddenly by five pounds or so, he needs to call us so we can call his doctor. Self-managing is all well and good, but people need support, especially older people. We all know about the death toll from COVID-19. But did you know that during the first nine months of the pandemic, one third of excess deaths, that's the number of deaths over what you would normally expect, one third were due to causes other than COVID-19. You can find links to my sources for these facts and figures in the notes to this podcast. Thankfully, almost a year into the pandemic, my dad's still alive and kicking. And if you asked me to point to just one reason for that, I'd tell you, it's my dad's physical therapist. Did Jennifer come today? Oh, we had a great time today. <laughs> she put me in my wheelchair. She says, I want you to roll the wheelchair around by yourself. Oh. Then she uses this huge dictionary. Put it up in the air, put it back, put it up in the air. She's kind of an ingenious gal. <laughs> then she took my cane. She says, now you got to go straight up in the air with the cane. Up, up, look, look, keep looking at it, <laughs> down, up. <laughs> Down, up, down. <laughs> wow, interesting. He cracks me up. <laughs> My name is Jennifer Frieda. I'm a physical therapist. I've been practicing for five years now. I graduated from University of the Sciences right here in Philadelphia. Jennifer is helping to keep dad alive in ways you might not expect, and especially now, because she's one of the few people who actually sees him. My dad's senior living residence went back into total lockdown before Thanksgiving. But Jennifer, as a medical professional and wearing personal protective equipment, is allowed to visit him in his apartment for physical therapy appointments twice a week. I ended up going into physical therapy myself for an injury that was exacerbated from running. I just really fell in love with how they taught me how to help myself, you know, through exercise, through education. I really think giving people the power to help themselves goes a long way. Each time my dad falls, and it happens too frequently, it triggers a new referral from my dad's doctor for physical and occupational therapy. So Jennifer's been dad's physical therapist on and off for over two years. Today, she said, okay, you're going to get up from the chair, you're going to take your walker, and you're going to go from your chair into your bedroom six times. I said, six times? She said, yeah, six times. You see, well, the last time you did it, you did it five times. And that's 250 feet. Once more, she says, get in there, do it again. Older adults can lose up to 5% of their muscle strength being bed bound. Oh my gosh. Every day that they're bed bound, they can lose up to 5%. Whereas I think it's like closer to 1% in adults. 
That explains why my dad's doctor was so alarmed back in September when dad wasn't getting out of bed. Yeah, yeah, it's really important to stay mobile, especially now, you know, with, with quarantine going on and more people are in their apartments sitting more. So I try to encourage them, even if they're walking like wall to wall, to just walk every day. My dad used to get his physical therapy in the gym on the third floor, and Jennifer would take him outside. But since the facility had an outbreak of COVID-19, residents haven't been allowed to leave their rooms. Thank God Jennifer knows how to get dad off his butt. She's such an insistent person. She says, no, no, we'll figure out something, she says. You won't have to move. You sit in the chair. Then, then she's, okay, now you're going to get up and stand up straight up. Going to sit down, get up again. 15 times you're going to stand up. <laughs> but it sounds like she kind of eases you into it when you don't feel like doing oh, it. Oh, she does. She, she's, she's a great easer into it, okay? <laughs> you know, if you're pressuring somebody to do something by the book, it's just most of the time not going to work. You have to read into personalities, talking to the person, understanding what motivates them to continue living, to, you know, do whatever they love to do. Now, I know that he's really motivated by family. You enjoy going out with the family, so in order to do that, you know, we have to practice. You have to build your endurance. We have to actually walk. No, no, I'm trying to walk a bit. No, I am not going to let myself be completely wheeled. Yeah. Jennifer's used to doing physical therapy sessions in people's homes. She calls them geriatric house calls. In a gym setting, you know, you have everything at your fingertips. Whereas in the apartment, when you're kind of confined and you have limited uh, resources, it's it's a little bit more challenging, but we get it done. I know I'm always surprising him with the things that I come up with. She looks over the room and she sees this huge dictionary I have in my, it's my books. It's, a, <laughs> it's about a 10 pound, 10 pound dictionary. I did. I gave him that dictionary. <laughs> was it 10 pounds, really? It was definitely well over five. It definitely takes a sense of imagination to get what you want to accomplish, you know, especially being that, you know, we're trying to eliminate bringing things into the apartments. The biggest thing is for him to be challenged. Okay, now you're going to press the dictionary. You push it out, and you gotta do it 15 times. And you're gonna do it twice. She's always doing things twice, all right? You know, I tell him, your muscles have to be overloaded if you wanna gain strength. If it's easy and it's not difficult, we need to up our game a little bit. So that's where the dictionary came in, and uh, apparently it did its job. Yeah, my dad's been a little resistant to exercise. Jennifer says that's typical of his generation. They didn't grow up with exercise as we do today, where exercise is a, a main focus in a lot of people's lives. You know, you have to educate them and, and help them to understand why it's important and then you'll get that buy-in of participation. I mean, I'm learning all kinds of things about my health and what you need to do. Dad appreciates his physical therapy sessions now, but he hasn't always given Jennifer the respect she deserves. When you think of physical therapy, you know what I'm saying? Well, what do these kids know? Yeah. Physical therapy school, number one, you have to have your bachelor's, then go through a graduate program. The graduate program is three years. After that, you take your board exams and get licensed by the state where you practice. So what do these kids know? So I have functional goals, whether that be standing and sitting, transferring from the wheelchair to the chair, walking, bed mobility, things like that. 
and then whatever I see hindering them from being able to do it safely. I usually try to pick exercises and balance activities that are going to strengthen their ability to do those functional tasks. It's not just exercise prescription. I can say, you know, I want you to get five out of five strength in your legs. But if, if it doesn't have a meaning, then what's the point? And then the other day, she hopped in and she says, now you're going to get in your wheelchair. You're going to wheel into your bedroom and back. I want to see how, how well you get into the chair, out of the chair, and into your bed without falling over. Oh, man. I'm going into my bedroom now, and the wheelchair is locked. Mm -hmm. Standing up and getting myself into position. He's talked a lot about this exercise of the wheelchair. So tell me about what you're trying to accomplish. For somebody that has a, a disease that may be progressive, mm -hmm. you know, maybe somebody's ambulatory now, but if they've had an instance where they have regressed to a wheelchair, for example, and then kind of progressed out of that, I love that. That makes me super happy. However, if that were to come up again, would we be able to manage? Would we struggle because he didn't know how or, or couldn't manage it properly? Here we go. Making a turn with my feet in the wheelchair. You have to guide this thing, okay, so it doesn't run into other things. And, whoops, I the door. That's uh, good. She, she wants me to be expert. So what do you have to do if you hit the door? You to back up. And make sure that you don't do it again. I normally get pushed in the wheelchair. She wants to make sure that if I'm in a situation and I'll be able to get in the wheelchair and do my own thing. I, I did all right. I mean, I wheeled it with my hands and my feet. He talks about that you are checking his oxygen, you're taking his blood pressure. Tell me a little bit about that in the context of physical therapy. Vitals are really important. A good way to track over time if something is a little off or it's a little more elevated than usual, like, mm -hmm. sometimes it can be, you know, a life or death situation. She was the one, by the way, she was the one who called Dr. Bruiser when I had shortness of breath and I ended up in the hospital. A year ago, Jennifer called my dad's doctor directly when she realized he was in serious trouble. In fact, he had heart failure caused by a buildup of fluid in his lungs. And then, this past October, she saved him again. She arrived for their appointment and found my dad in a bad way. She contacted me, and the family initiated a number of interventions to get dad back on track. So I, I really have appreciated her professional way of dealing with this. There's yellow signs, there's red signs, you know, of when you should call the doctor, when you should send somebody to the hospital. Unless it's like a red flag thing for me, I think an interdisciplinary approach with the physician, the families, um, any other therapies involved is always the best method to reach the optimal outcome. Physical therapists really do watch you. you don't think of them as being doctors, but they really are better. Better than doctors sometimes because they're around you on your case all the time. They're watching you, right. your ability. That's right. I would really just urge people to really choose their physical therapist wisely. And if, if that person isn't individualizing your care, isn't educating you, you want somebody that's going to care about your well-being. I worry about older adults who live alone 
who've suffered a health setback or have a chronic disease. Even people like my dad, who are able to afford assisted living, they don't always get the attention that they need. Check the notes to this podcast for links to articles on staffing shortages and other problems that affect the quality of care in long-term care facilities. It's nice to work for a company that understands and addresses the ageism in in today's society and, and really gives a lot of power to older adults, which I love. The music in this podcast is The Zeppelin, Delamine, and Crumb Town by Blue Dot Sessions, and Gravitation by Blast Culture, published under the Creative Commons license, attribution, non-commercial.